0: everybody. Welcome to uh, episode 530 of Sonic Talk. This is the music podcast or the podcast uh, dedicated to music technology, software, music production, live production, uh, controllers, uh, sometimes DJ stuff as well, but all of the things and the technology that surround the kind of ecosystem of music, electronic music, live production, live performance, all of those things. I want to say hello to everybody in the chat room. There we are on YouTube live uh, every Wednesday, 4pm. You can join uh, the Fine, folks. There, uh, you should get a notification if you subscribe to the channel, which is a, a very soft way for me to plug subscription. If you're not already subscribed, and also we have our own IRC chat room, so you can go there as well if you like. If that's the way you like to do things, it's entirely up to you. I want to say thank you very much to Isotope who are providing a prize this week. Uh, you can win a copy of Neutron Two, which is the excellent mix visualization and analyzing and processing tool uh, plugin system that's. Uh, well, you should check out isotype.com forward slash Neutron. That's right. Anyway, I want to say hello and welcome to everybody. Uh, we'll start over here with Mr. Ty Unwin. We haven't seen Ty Unwin for a while. Ty Unwin, media composer extraordinaire. Busy, 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 busy. Always burning the candle at both ends, but we're <laughs> fortunate to have him. Even on a sunny day when he could be outside experiencing the sun for perhaps the first time this year.
1: Look at me and my colouring. Am I going to be outside?
0: Never. No. <laughs> well, you, might, you sometimes you have to, don't you?
1: I love the winter. I hate the summer. But okay, on this occasion, well, I may poke a leg out.
0: Well, there you go. But anyway, Ty, a pleasure to have you. Lovely to hear what your thoughts are on the various things, because obviously we've just uh, come back from Music Messa, uh, which used to be one of the biggest shows in the calendar, and it's sort of tailing off a little bit, less synth-heavy as Superbooth has got it. We are actually at Superbooth in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we'll get on to that. Let's uh, introduce another couple of our guests. Uh, we'll say hello to... if I got the button right? Yeah, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol. Gaz Williams, bass player, producer, music technologist, and... Uh, beardy fellow with a a penchant for bass playing
2: how are you guys i love playing bass but i tell you i'm so happy today i mean really simple thing simple thing Seven MIDI leads came through the post this morning, so uh, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, all these little riddles, like getting all little systems working, and then having to pull them apart because you just need. Ah, oh, now I've yeah. got. A, I mean, is it a plethora, a plethora? What? What's what do you call like an amount of MIDI leads? Is it uh, I of, don't know. A, a
0: Bundle it? or a, what? What's a, a, just, a muddle? A muddle of MIDI leads. Yeah, that sounds good. <sighs> but
3: Midi- I, I know I what you know. mean.
0: I know what you mean, though.
3: Sim-
2: uh, Sim- nice leads.
0: They do make you feel good, don't they?
2: Lead, we just are having more than you having, now having more than i need i just feel i've got a few in hand now you're so, your midi lead <laughs> rich <laughs> 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 oh, it's a glorious feeling i tell you wow yeah but
0: well yes. i am <laughs> so, pleased yes. for you i really am pleased for you guys that's good <laughs> good to you. hear thank you good to hear and that you. also thank uh you. that uh, chuckling you hear in the background is mr jamie liddell who is uh, joining us from uh, nashville uh jamie is of course looper songwriter very successful songwriter for how's that massive uh spotify count for that artist you were telling us about? is Has it, is it hit the half a billion?
3: 353 million.
0: Wow, that's got to be worth, what, yeah. 20 what? bucks or something at least?
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. I have tried to work it out with various calculators. It's, uh, you know, it, it should, should be able to fill up the books in the missing area there.
0: Yeah, your library is bereft.
3: <laughs> I'm going to fill it up with basically, yeah. I don't know what 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 do you reckon, guys? Some about books about what
0: you I know need? obsolete technology. That's always a, that's a very hipster thing to have in <laughs> there. You could and maybe you could fill it up with kind oh, of new, Newtons and Palm Pilots and that sort of thing as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be, there you go. Well, I, yeah, I can't actually reach that area of this room anyway, so I'm going to need
2: some kind of I drone s- to get up there. And you know. I, yeah. I've just had I've just had an idea. What about it's like a really good idea? This. A company who just takes old, lovely books that are just really rubbish and just embed uh, uh just for hard drives. So all these hard drives that we've got, all loads and loads of hard drives, just like a way of just archiving all your hard drives in like a in a nice, really nice book.
0: Yeah, that's it. What a great so it's idea! It's really your
2: archive. That is. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, to, I, I just like it. I
0: that. like it's it
2: because all your, you get can have all, all your books there yeah, on your I shelf, just... but they're all
0: yeah, good can idea. I just question,
2: I have just had a really good idea.
1: Can I just question that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, Jamie, last time we spoke to you, uh, which was a few weeks back, uh, you were off to LA for some writing and uh, various other yeah. things. So how did that all go? You're back in, back in Nashville, where it must be reaching 100 degrees by now this time of year, right?
3: Yeah, no, it's threatening. It's threatening some heat. Uh, it was great. I, uh, it was what I've learned, and uh, I don't know if this is useful to anyone else, maybe it is. Since I do my podcast, hanging out with audiophiles, um, I've been able to be more autonomous. So, sort of, LA was a classic example. I went there with best intentions to write with everyone, but then what happens is, of course, people for various reasons cancel on you. And when I've only got a week out there, I need that time to work. You know, so. Now, now I'm now a dad and it's like irresponsible for me to have a Monday off when I've actually booked it in advance to work <laughs> with someone. But when that does happen now, I can kind of go through the Rolodex, as it were, and go, hey, Interview, who yeah. wants to do a podcast? And I'll go over and I'll knock out two podcasts in a day and then I will have, you know, not wasted ah. that day. So that's exactly what happened in LA. I got some amazing interviews. I got some biggins coming up. Ooh. nice. Yeah. I
0: should plug that. That's Jamie Liddell music, isn't it? Yeah. If I remember correctly. Let me, what's the URL for that? I've got to put that down.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I do, I do pop them up there and, uh, you know, here the we go. SoundCloud this is, is where I have there. Yeah.
0: Here we go. And uh, SoundCloud, Cloud, iTunes, so do check that out. It's proving to be a very popular podcast. You see, the thing to do is, mm. this is the smart thing to do, is rather than uh, compete with each other, you sort of, um, you try and get th- your competitors mm-hmm. to, co- to, to, uh, to collaborate. That's the idea. But anyway, that's not.
3: That's yeah, not. Yeah, no, done. absolutely. Like Nicki Minaj and Cardi I mean.
0: B. Ah, okay.
3: <laughs> Who's yeah, who? to I uh,
0: rather than the beef.
3: So, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like I don't know. That's a do whole think, other do, discussion. But. Do
0: you think we should have some well, kind I of? I like both of them. Should we have some kind of um, very public <laughs> yeah. Twitter spat so that we could kind of like? Big, big up, this kind of notion that we're perhaps at each other's throats and and then next time you're on, everybody will come along and go, I wonder what they're going to say to each other. I wonder if that happens in real life. Hmm, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Jamie, I'm lo- cool. Lovely- like,
1: hey, <laughs>
0: like, okay, well, yeah, we'll- <laughs> All right well we work on that that's something you know that that could be Whoa. a campaign that we can when things when things get a bit dippy you know and there's there's not much we've got a bit of a dip we we can invent some kind of massive <laughs> like massive eight. sort of problem where where we can just Logic publicly are Q
2: based pro tools the divide the great yeah. divide Yeah oh, don't start. <laughs> Don't start! <laughs> let's
0: not, let us not let us not. Anyway, as I said, uh, last week was uh, Music Mesa. Uh Look, I can prove it because we've got a whole load of videos that we posted up. And and Music Mesa, you like I said, used to be a really big show. And the thing is, is, what's actually happened is Superbooth has sort of come along and taken out a lot of the synth manufacturers who go there. So it's a very sort of light on the ground in terms of synth releases. There's a lot of other interesting technology there. I think we're up to about 55 or so videos. The team work their socks off because what's happened is, if you've ever been to the site of Music Mesa, it is one of the largest geographically sort of fulsome sites. There are 11 halls, I think, with each with two levels and a couple of plazas in between. So you can quite easily walk like a mile from the front entrance to Hall 11, say, or to the Yamaha building. And what they've done, rather than... rather than consolidate it so that it's all in a similar area so people don't have to walk for miles, they've kept it really spread out. So you quite regularly have to walk a very, very, very long way just to go to your meeting or to find stuff out. So if they fix that, it would make it all right. It sort of makes it feel a little bit unnecessarily difficult. But there was a lot of stuff there. Um I don't know if anybody spotted anything. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I, I I found a few things myself, which I'll maybe talk about a bit later. I know I'm gonna start with you, Gaz, because I know you do keep your eye on these sort of things, unless you've been radically busy, which you may well have been. Was there anything that came <laughs> up, assuming you've watched any of the videos, which you may not have done, because it does some, take a while. Yeah. Um
2: hmm. I mean it is interesting, isn't it? It's sort of um how these things have changed and how uh the industry's changing and reflecting on that and how big releases have not been like nam for instance didn't necessarily have the big releases either though did it you know it was, no they, you know, they, they try they, and
0: avoid the traffic yeah
2: <laughs> yeah avoiding the traffic so yeah so in a way that's quite cool because it makes it um it makes it Maybe a little bit more open for, for the more unusual things that came that came through. Um, just uh, oh, I was quite interested in the fact that there's a Neve collaboration with Steinberg on some new audio interfaces. I so thought that yes. sounded qu- quite interesting. Um, I have a video
0: for that. In fact, that's uh, yeah, that's the mm. uh, what number of video. I can't remember now. I have to actually one, two, three. Are <laughs> you four.
2: Um, but but uh, the. Uh, the Valkyrie, obviously, is, the I think, the big news, isn't it? Sort of, I didn't want to necessarily jump straight to that. But, um, you know, in terms of the yes. news. Uh, uh, but that's a very sort of small company, I guess, so isn't it? But yeah,
0: well, I'll well. tell you what. Um, let me play a bit of that and then we, perhaps we can, uh, we can riff on it.
2: Let's, so this is... Hmm.
0: So this is the Valkyrie on the top. Uh, and this is the chap, uh, Manuel, who is... Hey Manuel. Manuel. Um, so, you are essentially the product release of the show with your Valkyrie uh, from Exodus Digital. And uh, we're very fortunate to be here first to speak to you. So, tell me a little bit about the unit. I mean, it's here in person. Is this final production or is this pre-production? Where are we? Well, it's pre-production. So, currently five of these
1: exist. So, I'm here at the show today to to release it. The synth itself is feature complete. I know there's been a lot of talk on the internet about the the look and the feel of this, the orange panels, you know, things like that.
0: The fact that it looks like a virus.
1: It could be varied, but the actual synth itself (laughs) is feature complete, it's operational, everything is working. So really it's just the cosmetics and also getting interest in this synth within the the business, within um, the distribution channels.
0: Yeah, it's a long video. I shot like twenty-five minutes because, as you can imagine, you know, it's caused all sorts of hoo-ha. Uh, just because, a the bottom line is, it's a hundred and twenty-eight voice uh, digital uh, FPGA uh, powered synth. One hundred and twenty-eight voices, eight part multi-timbral, up to five oscillators per voice. Uh, times two, I think if you stack them uh eleven effects two lots of uh, four lots of stereo outputs uh ninety six k twenty four bit over usb class compliant i mean on paper it 's got a lot going on you know it doesn 't matter that it's analog or digital i mean you know that's that 's a kind of you know it's what it sounds like, which we got a little bit of a flavor, but it was very much his but this guy has made this himself sort of on his own. <laughs> around his day job over the last three years, which is what, and he's got the he's got the uh, air of a man who knows what he's doing about him, which I, I really like that, that sort of auteur type thing. And that's, that, that's something that's actually quite cool. But you can't help but realise that it is very, very, very similar to the access virus. And I think perhaps problematically so before it finally goes out, it might need some cosmetic changes. Uh, but yeah, you brought this up, Gaz. I mean, what are your thoughts about
2: it? Um, well, I just think it's interesting, it, it, like slightly wider uh, that people are, you know, we've been spoiled for choice, really, with um, with certain parts of the market in terms of analog synths, perhaps, you know, for instance. So uh, whilst all that's been going on, there's been... S- you know enormous other synthesizers are available for- yes oh <laughs> yeah but you know like we did our uh, ventris review uh the reverb review recently and one thing we were mentioning about was just how like the dsp power in that pedal is you know pretty significant hence the quality of the reverb and i know this actually isn't dsp though is it is it what's this one this is uh F- fpga is fpga, isn't it? FPGA. FPGA. <clears throat> which is right, effect,
0: right, a, which... A, 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 re, a pro it's a it's a basically a very very fast integrated circuit so it is digital but it is programmed to mm-hmm. the level uh where you you kind of you create the wiring internally in software so it's sort of dsp sort of not but he's got mm-hmm. dsp mm-hmm. programmed in it for the effects as well but yes
2: uh, you know so it's it's really interesting then to go Well, actually, if we move our gaze away from the, you know, analog, analog to look at what's capable, you know, what we're capable of using with interest in modern technology, then this I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating there's going to be a lot of things coming our way in the near future that's going down this way. So I think it's, I think it's amazing that this guy's kind of come out with it now, uh, I think well, it's that, yeah. He, he's not. He's, um, I,
0: I know what you say. He's not the first. I mean, the Novation Peak uses FPGA as well. And yeah. I think System yeah. Eight, if i correctly, the Roland System Eight uses FPGA as well as many other things. Uh, um, I don't, I'm not sure. I know, Jamie. Is, uh, you've got a lot of analog old ladies there. I mean, do you have a digital section to your laboratory, uh, or is that something that you kind of keep in the box? Samplers right
3: yeah i mean i must admit i i have uh the valkyrie here actually the prototype <laughs> is, lovely,
0: lovely, lovely, is that a ti snow
3: yeah yeah which is never used you see so that's an example of what happens in this studio it's uh if anyone wants to buy it, it I'll, I'll i'm going to use this opportunity to sell it um, <laughs> um but, uh, yeah Ooh, so that's right. my basic take on all of this this I see it as if they just, if we just had better controllers, we wouldn't need things like this because we just did it in a computer. But that's just me. Yeah. um, Yeah. 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 uh, That's just my weird take on it. But I, I appreciate hardware boxes. I like them when I'm touring. And then that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, well they do have, I mean put. I mean that's a very good point. I mean, you know you, if it can sound a lot like one of those and maybe do if it's got eight part multi timbre and four stereo outs then it could take the place of a lot of stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily want to take on tour that might be just being played yeah. from a keyboard and doesn't need specific tweaking and sound design on the go, right?
3: I mean that's a big deal. I like lo- that's what this virus was for and it was kind of amazing. I like, I loved it live. It was it was really cool. It's a really annoying to to set up but, but it did work well. So yeah, I, I mean I I like that and the guy is is amazing. <laughs> I yeah, love these Brilliant. <laughs> he's a character. I mean, you know, good on him. It's just, he, it's 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 upsetting because in a way, yes, we talk about the movement of technology, clearly this guy's taken so long to evolve and make this damn thing that technology is ultimately you know obviously with Moore's laws factored in it's it's moving ahead of him as he's developing so he's always slightly behind the curve which is you know part of the I mean he could always sell it to Behringer, of course well no p- about how I don't it know to the virus.
0: it might be well touche uh, very good point I don't know um Ty you are an avid uh, synthesizer acquirer um, you have, I know you've got some access stuff. I mean, it's not the same as the access because uh, they're different code bases, and I'm sure you know. And one's an FPGA and one's DSP. But because of the FPGA, is you can go further than you could go in DSP and the virus range where it sort of stopped. I mean, they still, I think they made a new version of it, but it's just a reissue. But is this something that interests you? Uh,
1: it should be, but it's not. But it should be because I kind of feel. Like I, don't, I can't say I feel sorry for the guy because exactly as everyone else has said, you know, you've got to admire the fact of what he's doing. And I do completely. And what he's come up with actually seems like a good synth. But it does seem a bit late to the party. And it's all right saying that, you know, because it's now FPGA, that's fine. But for Joe Bloggs, we don't really care if it's FPGA under the bonnet or if it's DSP under the bonnet. And we also, it's great having 128 poly, but if you... If, the virus can go up to I don't know whatever it is a decent amount you know and polyphony is not the be all and end all in the same way that being able to layer so many oscillators on top of one another is not the be all and end all there's a lot more that's a lot more interesting than just having loads of polyphony and loads of um oscillators and I just think uh developing that and pushing that is a bit of a step backwards really because it's Let's be honest about it. Every sound that was played, on it, and I completely accept this is a, a pre-production, this is a prototype. But Well, and, and it, it was his
0: style at what he liked, which was, yeah, you know.
1: But there was nothing on there, nothing, not a single sound that you couldn't get on any fast <laughs> synths. I mean, loads, and any synth, basically, you could get these sounds. And I think the biggest problem I do have is the fact that I think he's shot himself in the foot at this stage by making it so, looking so close to a virus. Because the fact of, even if it bears no resemblance in, under the bo- under the bonnet to a virus, the fact that he's made it look almost identical, everyone's just going to say, well, it's just like a virus, even if it isn't. But, yeah, um, so I think that's a stupid thing to do. But he seems like a, he seems a great guy. He seems like an intelligent guy. I wish him all the best, but I mean... I've I looked at this and looked at this and looked at this and thought I should be excited about this and I didn't get a, the, even the slightest bit of a
2: of a. You see, um, if excited. if you'd have, I feel the same If way. you'd have, if you'd have put a massive lever that ran the whole length of it, massive, massive lever, and that lever just sort of like goes from one oscillator to a thousand oscillators <laughs> on a lever, <laughs> like a massive lever. It's, seriously, everything else is saying just this big yes. lever. Oh, how big was it?
0: Like Frankenstein-esque, you know, that sort of thing. Power. <laughs> no, I know
2: what you mean. It, it, for no, performance just like, purposes.
0: Yes. Just so,
2: I, I'm just being I'm Maybe being bell ringing,
3: it, I'm, ropes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if you've got that, if you've got some really interesting stuff going on in there, then maybe, you know, making the controllers have really super access to those turbo features and making a, you know, that's what I'm just saying, with a big lever or, you know, big... Get get at the make the good stuff the special new stuff make that kind of like front and center
0: right. right. That's a really interesting point.
2: That's that's
1: true. The problem is, is is just think for a second. Take away the polyphony. Take away the fact that it's not DSP. Take away the number of oscillators. What is there on there that's actually new or going to make you sit up and take note?
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, I, well, I can't answer that question. I mean, I will. I will say the one thing that is interesting is that he said the point is is he's he's able to. This is this is the proof of concept. You know, he's figured out how to get all of this stuff out of whatever FPGA he's using. And he can create numerous or different synth engines and features based around the same basic case, which is why it's the shape it is, because that centre section with the controls and it's set effectively the GUI in the OS can be pulled out and you can stick something else in and it could be something completely different. And I think that's probably the stuff that he's thinking ahead for. You know, maybe it's by design that he's really gone for the virus thing. So people identify with it straight away, see that he's a smart guy, and then he can go, right, and then next year there's this, which is completely different than this. I mean, that's what I would hope for him, because obviously it, there, there's, that, like you say, there's not an awful lot of mileage in being a bit like or a lot like something that's already 10 years old. I don't know if you probably agree with that, Jamie.
3: I'm feeling really bad. And then all of this is, <laughs> I'm just feeling really bad because I'm imagining the sheer, I mean, I programmed someone a Max for Live patch the other day and it probably took me like eight hours. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it does work now. But I was thinking, wow, that took me a lot longer than I thought. Imagine this guy, man. He's probably like three years deep. Like he's committed like his whole thing to this. And uh, now we're just, it's easy to kind of dismiss it. But at the same time, it is important to be honest because, I mean, uh, I mean, that's, we are music makers and we're exposed to a lot of this stuff. And uh, I I kind of agree with Ty, you've got to have something that's going to make you go, okay, this is a unique box, genuinely unique, and, like, I can't Mm. get anywhere else. We are ultimately, there's too much shit on the market. There's just loads. There's It's just like, and, you know, the problem is computers run the game. They're moving ahead faster than anything else. If you just got controllers, software will come along and destroy this box. That's just the way it goes, you know? And and, and so I I just feel like people should be investing in a new way to, you know, play the computer. If you want to make a box that's flexible and future-proof, that's how you do it. You don't make a hardware box that has removable parts because, no, (laughs) you know. I don't don't uh, think uh, he was
0: talking about the idea of you would buy a new bit for it. It's like
3: the
2: the platform
0: itself. The the platform himself, he could just then create a new synth that was based around the the rough architecture. Ty, you wanted to come in. I just,
2: I, I just, oh, sorry, go on.
1: No, I, th- I think the thing is, at the end of the day, I think the thing that exactly as Jamie was saying, and I really want to say this, is that I really do wish him all the luck. And I really, I think we all do. We hope it works for him. And we're being really harsh, exactly as Jamie said, because there's so much on there in the market to choose. I think the problem is with it is the fact that you, if you've got the opportunity to come up with something completely new in this way that he has from scratch, you would just kind of hope that he would just have something a bit more original. And I just don't think the, if he, you know, if he bought it out and gone, do you know what? The virus is coming to the end of its life. If he'd said, I'm just going to (laughs) build the the next version of the virus because the virus is because of the whole Motorola thing, the Motorola, that's going to go, the virus is going to disappear soon. I'm just building the next generation of the virus. If he'd said that you could kind of go, okay, well, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel he's basically continuing it and because of the style you could get away with that but when you come with this approach that he's he's talking about of you know kind of doing reprogramming and being able to change the box look at history about how many times we've had this this is going to be the hardware you can change the software it's going to be able to do this it's going to be able to do that and over the next however many years i'm going to be giving updates we're going to do this how many times has that honestly come to fruition can you think of yeah. anything? No, I
0: can't, but I, I should clarify. He,
1: um,
0: I, I know. I play just play play want to clarify something, play something there something because the, the platform, platform itself is not the, the, it's the, the, it's it's the not kind of thing that you're buying into and you, the user, can change. It's that him, as the developer, can use that as a as a platform to build other things that just use the same rough architecture. It's not that then, oh, yeah, can I just buy a new front panel and turn it into a DX7? That's not what he's going for, so,
3: yeah. Corgo Asus.
1: Yes, I wasn't thinking that at all. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that at yeah, all. Okay. I was presuming you would just be, you know, kind of you'd be able to download new firmware and ex- turn it into whatever. But it's still the fact that if you look at that as, a, as an idea, th- most of those as concepts have failed. And what you kind of have to buy these things on is what they offer you here and now, because now, we don't yeah. know what's what going on with this box two no, years down the line. Yeah, what I,
0: I, think, I think... I think that's a. But I wish we.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I
0: mean, and I think I think the 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 interesting thing is, you know, somebody uh, smaller manufacturers they don't have to sell thousands and thousands of the, you know, a couple of thousand units, and he'd be. That would be a kind of pretty tidy uh, turnover. And it would, there would be, you know, even if it's just people who want to run a whole load of stuff live, they don't want to take a computer. They want to use, like you said, Jamie, they could use it as the basis of their set for if they're doing EDM or trance or whatever it may be. It's a box that they can plug in and they don't have to worry about a computer. And, you know, maybe that's the case. But anyway, I, I think uh, he was talking about it being. Uh, significantly under €2,000 is what he's aiming for, whether that's possible. He seems like he's not an unrealistic person. I think he understands the whole kind of what it costs him and what it would end up in the shops at. And, uh, you know, he seems like a fairly sensible guy. He doesn't seem like a deluded sort of fellow. You sometimes think, this is mad, but what the hell? Go for. I mean, Schmidt, for instance, let's say that, you know, that is a crazy, ridiculous concept. But yeah you know there was something about it it was it was the largest and the ridiculous novels but it has the same sort of vibe to it i suppose in a way even though
1: that, you're absolutely right the difference is that a it sounds am- amazing out of the box and b it does things that no other synth can do because co- it, it, it the way that it does certain things there's no other synth that can do it that okay way.
0: that's fair so enough that's
1: why you know, that's why that one's worth the money Okay,
0: well, um, I I feel I should move on because last uh, episode I forgot to announce the winner (laughs) of the uh, the competition. Uh, So let's let's get that one out of the way. So um, first, a message from uh, Isotope. Of course, Isotope will be. Uh, we're showing you Neutron 2 which is their fantastic mix processing and analysing tools a suite of plugins that allow you to process individual tracks or mix bus multiband dynamic EQ uh, which is very useful dynamic EQ as many of us will tell you Uh, saturation compression analytics uh, track comparisons uh, multiband compressors Uh, there's a whole load of stuff in the Neutron 2 suite and also uh If you want to, you can control multiple neutrons from within the same interface, from the same New DAW, powerful new gate feature. I mean, there is transients. I mean, there are so many ways in which this can be used to process your audio. In fact, this this entire podcast is run through Neutron 2 as the final stage. What you're hearing is actually going through Neutron 2, trying to go for that FM-hyped sound, uh, which I think helps cut through on YouTube for that specific purpose, but I could just as easily go for a vintage 70s vibe, if that's what we were going for, although perhaps wouldn't work on quite so well overheard on uh, speakers and maybe a bit quiet, but that's what I've gone for with this one. So uh, if you want to check out Isotope Neutron 2, please do go to isotope.com forward slash neutron. Full 10-day demo, lots of demos and lots of tutorials on how to get the most out of it, how to use the advanced uh, techniques in your mix, in your sound. We thoroughly uh, appreciate their uh, support of the show. So uh, we should say we did have a competition. Um, I'm two back, so we've got... uh, we're missing, the last competition was for Ozone 8, and I have a winner for that, which I should mention now. It's a guy called Steve uh, uh at Satara, I can't pronounce this at all, Steve Tarazuski. I hope you can get that uh, and I think his Twitter handle is at Satarazuski. Uh We were looking for the the hashtag Balance Master and Ozone Eight. So if you get in touch, uh, you will get a full copy of Ozone Eight, which was the last product that uh, Isotope were looking at. But if you want to enter the competition, uh, and also we got another one uh, from last week because I have to do two, don't I? So last week's competition, which was neutral, I'm terribly sorry about the complexity, my own mistake. Uh, we've got a guy called Gray Muth, who's called at uh, Guradaragray. Uh, he won a copy of Neutron 2. we tweeted the hashtag Neutron 2 and Clearer Mixes. Thanks to you both. Great work. So please get in touch, Grey Muth, or Moot, uh, and we will be able to give you both your prizes. But we have a competition this week as well. You can win Neutron 2. We're looking for Analyze and Mix as one hashtag, and Neutron 2 is the other hashtag. This is a Twitter competition, so the hashtag Analyze and Mix uh, with an I. I think I spelt that right. And also Neutron 2 to Atsonic State and At Isotope Inc. So at Isotope Inc. and at Sonic State, uh, tweet the hashtag analyze and mix and the hashtag neutron2, and you can be entered to win a copy. God, that's the admin out of the way. Sorry, that was a bit of a mouthful, but thank you very much for holding with me. Um, so, yes, so there's more. There's more. Let's not just concentrate. Valkyrie was obviously the big new release there. Uh, as you said, um, Guys, there were two new interfaces from Steinberg and these are um, I mean they've, they've been releasing quite a number of these sort of interfaces, uh, there's a four channel version, uh, it's the urrt 2 and the urrt 4 and they're in conjunction with Rupert Neve Designs and the reason that they've been kind of hyped, and that's it, actually quite an interesting idea, what they've done is they've put the Rupert Neve Designs Transformers in there, now for those of you who perhaps know about this kind of thing, the Transformer can make a huge amount of difference to the tone and character and the dynamic range of the sound and uh, this is actually quite a big deal so uh, I, I think anyway and from, from the sound of it you know the Rupert Neve designs I mean you, you would say that they would say this they th- they're very pleased with it and obviously Steinberg are very pleased with it I don't know whether it makes a lot of difference to everybody I don't know I, I'm going to come to you Jamie um, what do you use to record into what's your kind of record path
3: yeah well I've been through a few my current one is I've got a Burl Bomber ADC and going into three Apollos actually three Apollos and a satellite uh, so, yeah, I basically I'll use, for any kind of important signal, I will use a bow, which obviously is famously using a transformer. So I can definitely say I prefer that sound for the majority of the things I put in. And then when I run effects loops, uh, I'll just use the Apollo in-outs, uh, which is fine. And coming out of the one, Apollo 16, I come straight into my Crane song, have a set, and do the uh, you know D to A just via the AES cable, so I kind of don't have to come out the analog outs of the uh, Apollos for that stuff. So
0: I say, so you're pretty into the kind of concept of dedicated D 2 A's and A to D's and the transformer sound. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, these things are kind of yeah. quite reasonably priced. I mean, Gaz, we did um, a, a, a cu- We've done a couple of these. I think we're going to probably look at one or two of these in the future. Um, mm, cool. It's quite promising, though, isn't it? Do you think? I mean, you know, the transformer yeah. sound is definitely a thing, and I haven't really seen. Any other people hit it at this kind of price point before?
2: No, it's it's really interesting. I mean, we've seen um, Warm Audio who making like preamps with kind of um, tr- sort of transformers and various things that you can swap by controls on the front panel. I'm um, obviously a very different thing to what we're talking about here. Not an audio interface at all, but uh, the idea of using the transformers as a you know as part of the colouring process. Um, I'm now. sort of in the market for a audio interface my uh trusted motu i realize now they've discontinued it now so now it's 10.12 on the Mm. mac they've stopped so that thing i've been using for 10 10 years and it's been brilliant so it's like where to go so i'm i guess i'm Maybe someone like that who's dead in the market for something like this. So I, so, th- so I'm having a snoop around this, thinking, oh, that's quite nice as a. Um... And it's interesting to wonder going forward how many of the things that you need to maintain for backwards compatibility, like ADAT uh, or SPdif and things like that, which, you know, how how much of that stuff you need on a modern interface these days you know how many you know aes ebu on a on an xlr socket like the like the motu has got um that's been pretty useful for me i've connected preamps to that many times so, so yeah i think that's a valid a, point
0: i think those connectors are important oh yeah here's a picture right. of the there's a picture of the actual that's the <laughs> there it is the reaper <laughs> Neve transformer A sort of black oh, box beautiful yeah, isn't yeah, that a wow. thing of beauty with the signature? I'm not oh, sure yeah. how much he personally had to do with it, but it, it's a it's a bit of a black side. I, I'm I don't know. I, I'm going to come to you, uh, Ty, because you use Steinberg stuff. I don't are your interfaces, Motus. I can't remember what you use as your uh, primary interfaces. I've or are got, you, a uh,
1: uh, hundred and whatever channel Madi rig with RMEs at the end. Ah, okay. So I, uh, I it and just all keep it clean, and then I've used some um, for coloring stuff. I've got some Shadow Hill stuff which uh, uses transformers and colours it beautifully. Um, but uh, I tr- the way I work is I try to keep it as clean as possible going in and then as dirty as possible coming out normally. So, um, <laughs> sounds like, sounds like a
0: parallel there, yeah.
1: <laughs> some irony there. I, yeah, but you someone who... I had a CLA 32-channel... What was that, I Guess
0: <laughs> A good night out, yeah. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I can't, possibly
1: die. Um, but uh, yeah. So I I used to have all I used a, a TLA desk just as a, a thirty-two channels of you know kind of stem mixing and whatever. So I mean I kind of used to use all that coming in and then going out again. But I have kind of now it's all very clean, very RME. But the, the thing, but I do use Steinberg stuff. So on a uh, for a traveling rig I think you know this looks great I mean oh. all the Rupert Lee stuff that I've used before sounds great Steinberg stuff the thing is about oh. Steinberg interfaces, they're just incredibly functional that's the thing has that this they're not
2: can I cut in yeah it's has this got that kind of uh thing that integrates directly into Cubase with some of the oh yeah because the Steinberg interfaces have got that thing where you know the the buttons are oh you know you, you, your monitor buttons in cubase are sort of connected to the hardware they sort of actually interface it
0: i'm not deeper. sure because uh it's got dsp powered effects for zero latency and monitoring so i think that's something that they put in it so it may well yeah. be i don't know to, because i didn't shoot this one because I, I i wasn't there on that day but um it's entirely but i should quickly add that uh two channel version is uh let me see what is it it's uh three nine nine euros and the four channel is six four nine which for for that uh, transformer sound isn't bad really considering I, i'm assuming it's it's not just adding a load of noise as well which i imagine it's not because uh the actual that the, the do, do you has your um nuage got uh, Steinberg preamps in it or yamaha preamps in it has it got that or How are you all digital
1: noise? Nuage ah. has no audio ins and outs. Nuage is only a controller.
0: Right, okay, I've got it, got so,
1: it. You know all the hardware, it's all done. With Nuage, you either normally do it via Dante, and then you can buy the Steinberg interfaces, or it's just easier for me because I had all the RME stuff, the MADI rig set up, so I just right. use it for that.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: But so, the Jamie, was it...
0: Steinberg- oh, sorry, yeah. yep.
1: No, I, was just, I was only going to say, <laughs> Steinberg interfaces generally are great in that they're just really functional. They don't have lots of bells and whistles. They're just really well, and they just work.
0: End of story, That's that's kind of what you... Jamie, was there a point at which you were, you know, like most of us, I mean, I started out with a kind of crummy RCA cable SP diff into a Korg 1212 PCI card, you know, didn't think anything about signal path, even for analogue or digital. Was there a point at which you went, oh, a light bulb went off and you said, I need x or y i need to do this to make it sound the best was there a sort of uh, did that was there a light bulb moment for you
3: well i had the same setup me and christian vogel we started well the first thing we used was the internal line in on the mac which actually remember that era where there was mac clones that were like in a box we had like a mac clone use a line in on that then a cork 1212 then a moto 828 No, I've been through them all. RME, I've had multiple RME interfaces. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it definitely, uh, it makes, nowadays, I think they're all pretty good. And I think uh, the consumer does need, again, it feels a bit like market saturation. This is kind of a weird kind of attention, news grabbing, you know, collaboration with Rupert Neve, which was smart of them. Because I think if they'd just put a Transformer in by themselves, it may have been a bit of a weird move. So, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's it sort of has a, an air slightly to me of a kind of a prosumer sort of vibe, but I don't know why. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's maybe so. It's a little so. bit of a strange because the price point and also the size, it kind of feels like you've got a laptop and you want to do it all at home. You know what I mean? And record your instruments Um so it's kind of like trying to get a little bit of that Apollo dollar, obviously with the with the effects and stuff, but try to stand out as well. So it's a little bit of an odd one because I, I would probably go with the Apollo myself, just because I like the effects so much that I would probably invest in that kind of universe. But um, that's just me.
0: Yeah, I don't know what um, what effects that you can put on the, the 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 Cubase thing because it'll run sort of native plugins. The other thing is. You know, it's really interesting that there are still interfaces coming out and coming out with just USB 2.0, just USB 2.0. They're not even kind of thinking, well, let's put a USB-C on there as well or let's put this or that or the other USB 3.0. I suppose if you don't need the bandwidth, then what's the point? But, I mean, to but to the end consumer, it's like, well, I, I just mm. want to plug this in with a single wire. I don't want to have yeah, to get yeah. a dongle to stick that in and then stick it into something else. You know, and so maybe the investment Sorry. it takes to kind of go to USB-C Compared to the different difference, you know, it might actually cost them just as much to put the dongle inside the unit as it costs you to buy the unit without the without the okay. dongle. I don't know, but that's the sort of the, I know, Gaz. I mean, because you, you, still, you, I, well, I, clag, clag I still maintain. Where-
2: yeah yeah well I mean that's it I still maintain Apple moved too quickly into abandoning USB with the USB-C meaning that it's just like the clagnut market really it just feeds the the the, the stinking clagnut market and the stinking clagnut market is a market that no one wants you know do you know what i mean who you know we don't want to have a load of these bloody little things do we we uh oh, it does wind me up. It does wind me up. So I think Hold on, I'm just typing, uh, I'm
0: just writing down we don't want your stinking clagnet. <laughs> that sounds like it could be a title there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I don't know. But, uh, I, 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 you know, a, I think I think, I think it was too soon. It was too soon. It yeah, meant, I would it meant agree that with people, that. People, it affects the end user just having to have just shared load of stuff. I mean, I think it needs to be a bit Do more. You ever, are you ever going to get excited when you get
3: like a bunch of USB-C cables in the mail versus MIDI?
2: Oh, that's mm, that's point, eh? Yeah. that's an interesting thought. Ultimately, no. Yeah. you just no. Like,
3: because you know <laughs> that technology is already on the way out in some way. You know, it's just they're waiting to make that shit redundant so they can cash in again. on, You know, these companies make so much money on cables. It's just kind yeah. of like, well, that's really true. It's cynical. It's just like a, you know, it's part of the natural way of technology to, you know, auto it redundant.
0: It is very oh, frustrating. Shit. I mean, my, you mm. know, I go to Music Messer. I take this laptop here, which is a lovely i7 latest MacBook, MacBook with four USB slots. But to use it in any useful way, I have to take uh, a USB C clagnut with uh, <laughs> two to, uh, to USB, which is a crummy one, but it's got a network cable in it as well, so I can use that. It gets really hot. It's also got an SD card reader, which is very useful. But then I plug that into a USB, a USB 3.0 hub, which has got a massive, great power supply. So that's, you know, this much stuff I've got to take just so I can connect my hard drives, the network, and an SD card. I mean, it's just absolutely... Lo- but I've got this lovely thin <laughs> laptop, which is great. But the stuff I have to take to connect to something else to actually use <laughs> uh, that laptop weighs about the same amount, which is absolutely infuriating. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I think it's about time this got sorted out and you know yes it's nice to have a a light laptop and if all you're going to do is connect to wi-fi and live on the battery for 10 hours yeah okay great but if you if you're actually using it for anything that requires interfacing with the outside world then you're out of luck and it's bloody
1: annoying because it's something that i've because i bought the other day i bought a a twin quad uad twin quad for my um traveling rig is there a usb c to, uh, yeah, so in other words, a, a Thunderbolt 3 to a Thunderbolt 2 cable.
0: Uh, that's a you quite... The adapter,
1: you can buy the adapter, which I've got, which I think is causing the issue because quite often the twin isn't recognised by the laptop. So I'm trying to just buy, rather than going through an adapter, one of Apple's adapters, just a, a, a Thunderbolt 3 to a Thunderbolt 2 cable, and I'll be damned if I can find one that exists.
0: I'm not sure there is such a thing. I think uh, a place to look, oh, though, would be probably OWC uh, computing. They do a lot of those kind of nifty, useful utility things. But most of them have some kind of dock involved. So you get the USB-C out, and then it breaks okay. out to I've, whatever, which is…
1: I've got all of those. It's just I just want a cable. <laughs> just three that would be good. Go it
3: will be a fat cable, it. though. It would still have a big old thing to do all the conversion in it. I'd assume, because these cables are more than we. You know, yeah, I know it's not just a yeah, coax anymore these days, is it? It's like carrying all manner of madness, but <laughs> yeah. you know, and it is cool. My my laptop right now is sat here connected to three USB-C ports. One of them goes off to the Thunderbolt universe, all my Apollos. Yeah. Like I've got one of those Thunderdock kind of black magic things with th- three um, SSDs in it, and it's all working lovely off one. One cable, then one's doing the power, and the other one's doing all the USB stuff off a hub. And it works fine, but the problem is my this little i7 touch bar 15-inch thing is a fanny nightmare, and it's sat right in front of me, and it's fan up from the minute I open any app. So it's like ultimately mm-hmm. a studio nightmare. But uh, so it's, I, you know, whatever. First world problems, but it is a little bit like... Um, <laughs> First, I really needed a quiet computer. It's pretty much the reason I bought this thing. So I'm still.
0: I don't get. Kind of I get a bit of. Yeah, I do get a bit of fan noise with this thing, but I. I mean, and it's doing video stuff, but it's not. I can't. I can't tell if I can hear it at the moment because I've got my earbuds in. But yeah, I don't think it's. It's not working very hard at the moment. So I suppose not. Uh, uh, anyway. Those are the Steinberg interfaces. Uh, there was, There is more. There is more. Um, uh, We're no, much of complaining, old bastards. No, I don't them. think. I think it's all right. Well, I, th- I think maybe what we should do then is get into a bit of actual uh, sonic, something that we can listen to. Now, this is... Uh, this will tie into another one. This is the uh, Swam Voices for uh, the Noise app from Roly. And I have to say... You get full marks if you can identify all of them. Obviously, this one's pretty easy.
1: Well, also, because it tells you at the top, which is the other
0: No, no, like I mean the music.
1: Time. Oh, that's Rhapsody.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, well, it's really.
3: How do they find such a crazy player? I mean, this guy, we should. Whoever this is, needs to get credit.
0: I think it's probably Parisi. It's Great. one of the Parisi guys. But he is astonishing. Man. And this is a classic Man. example.
3: Amazing player.
0: Of why normal. you need good musicians to demo your gear, because then we all go, wow, I could do that. Exactly. I mean, you couldn't. You'd have to practice for years and be as good as this guy. But I think the bottom line with this was, it's what's really interesting, I think, about this is the... Um, The reality, and this is all running on an iOS device, you know, via Bluetooth or maybe it's via MIDI. I mean, there's two of those things uh, stuck together, which is fine. And it's the Seaboard MPE thing. But it, it was more to do with the reality. The realism was just astonishing. And when you consider where we used to be able to find this stuff in the past outside of hiring a real instrument... And whether it has any relevance, I suppose it must do to a degree. But I just was really impressed. This is, uh, they're called Audio Modelling. It's like a, a set of voices they, that they made to go with the uh, the, the Rolly Noise app. And you can buy them as packs. They're like a tenner each. And you get like various, there's, uh, there's all sorts of different ones. In fact, I, I'm, in fact, what I haven't done is brought the news item up, which is uh, very bereft of me. Uh, Gaz, I mean, it, it's really impressive though, don't you think? That the, the kind of realism that is, and this is coming out of, you know, an iPhone or an iPad. I mean, that is really, really kind of impressive stuff.
2: But I reckon if you'd have taken like a something from a Casio or something from the 80s and managed to have all of that vibrato and control that the seaboard is giving would probably make, you know, and with the kind of musician's knowledge to emulate the instrument, you know, you, I think it kind of does go to show how the going down that thing of multi multi sample avenue to for realism is just actually the uh, the expressivity control can bring the realism more than maybe necessarily the actual yeah cuz it's not you key know,
0: switching it's not the key switching thing it's the actual expression of the no, you play. yeah i see what you mean the
2: expression is sort of you know and something i've been very very interested in for a very long time i suppose really I, 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 for me i've been playing around a lot recently especially with the um uh with the expressive e touche the controller which have you tried that jamie the touche Oh, had yeah, t- mm. mm-hmm.
3: mm. a bouncy block
2: it's, it's a bouncy club. it's a thick it's a beautiful thing it, it's it yeah, for a it similar fun. reasons to what we just what we just watched you know but i mean you yeah. know, it, like a, especially for a monophonic approach, so your left hand is or whichever hand you are would be on the touche and your other hand playing the melodies, and just the fact that you can put these beautiful approaches and you can sculpt the notes in a really expressive yeah. way, it just and makes you've got that the, ring as
3: well. Now, what about the ring? Have you tried? Oh, the ring? yeah, the,
2: the MIDI ring. I, yeah, I haven't tried the I, I don't know, I haven't tried the ring. I don't I? know I mean, if I it just technical. shows you
3: what. All, yeah the real world is a hmm. wobbly old place isn't it i mean just look at how much wobbling goes on <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. you know, it makes you realize when you're playing a static key on a keyboard there's no wobbles unless yeah. you're going crazy uh, on we the, are wobbling on the, on the
2: our, we are it's a wobbling wobbling wobbly on world a, a, axis our a, a, axis is actually wobbling isn't it we don't sort of we are everything's but, wobbling. Uh, wobbling everything's wobbling. <laughs> so i think it's a but, f- it, fundamentally it is a fundamentally wobbly world it, it,
3: yeah, so if you, if you can't, you know, it almost makes you think. Like, imagine if your keys on your keyboard were actually moving, like right, rather than them actually being static, they're physically moving.
0: <laughs> there are, there yeah, are so. people have tried, and uh, there are many. Uh, that, as as Rich Hilton would put the the. Uh, The doorstops of of, uh, history, there are many doorstops consigned to the exhibition, you know, the the Museum of uh, of Technology.
3: Strings, things, all that. Yeah, all of that stuff.
0: All of that stuff. I know, Ty, I mean, uh, you've got a seaboard of some kind, am I right? Do you have that? You have that technology? I mean, yeah, you can't, uh, you know, this is pretty impressive. I mean, I know you are, uh, you know, if you want to get someone to come in and do that, you probably get them to play. And come and pay someone to play the crump horn or whatever it may be, the bass flute. But in a pin okay, so it's three o'clock in the morning. You've just seen the email from the director and he says, What I really want is a clarinet lead line on this and you've got to get it in by nine. There's no way that's gonna happen. Could you could you envisage a moment where you might use something like this to, to to wing it?
1: I do all the time. I do all the time, but it it's not it's not using this. It is using the technology that, that Gaz said he didn't think it was, which is the whole Doing huge uh, multi samples with various velocity layers and whatsoever. Because I, I mean, I need to put this, the this, swarm this technology in its place, really. Because don't get me wrong, it is great. It's wonderful. And I think the fantastic thing about this is exactly as you said, Nick, is that the fact that this is running on iOS, is for, you know, this is running on an iPad or an iPhone, is great. It is great, uh, but the Swarm technology is basically just ported down from the Swarm sample libraries, which have been around for some time now, and they're great, they're good, but they're limited. And I think what we're seeing on these demos is the Swarm technology shown off to its absolute best potential. So these demos sound sound great, but in real terms, when you actually play with them um and really go into the inner depth of them, they are limited in what they can do and what they can't do. And these demos have, have been shaped, obviously, as they should do, to make these sound as good as they could. There's lots of things you can't do realistically on them, whereas the uh, the whole going down the huge, huge gigs and gigs and gigs uh, route, you can come up with things that are a lot, lot, lot more convincing in more than one way or one style. Because with oh, these, okay. you basically... Yeah. You basically have to work within their limitations to make them sound realistic um with some of the big libraries which essentially are what i've invested in for the last 15 years i've done nothing but buy all of the big realists because all most of my music is based on the fact of it being sounding authentic or sounding real so i've I've got all of the big libraries when it comes to orchestral sounds or real instrumental sounds that at that point the huge libraries tend to be more versatile i'm not trying to put these down because as you say the fact that they're running on ios is incredible but compared to what you could do with a huge you know one of the vsl uh solo libraries or you know kind of some of the spitfire libraries or whatever you know in terms of realism there's a limit to what you can do with these I, i just wanted to say that that in the kind of the pro world there is another level of realism which ah, is... Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that, that also applies to the sort of polyphonic side of things. So these are sort of very much geared to the mono side. So I suppose that might might do it. I don't it's, know.
2: It, it is. It's interesting seeing though know, the seaboard is kind of uh, it, ha- it has got some sea legs, hasn't it? It has got a, it has got some staying power. I mean, it hasn't. Uh, you know, it has. It, ha- it it does seem to be. I mean, how long has it been on the market for now? Probably about five. Well, from the seaboard grand. Getting on for five years now, maybe is it? Yeah, well, oh, that's
0: true. I wonder how many it's sold though, because I mean, I mean, you <laughs> know, we're fans no, of right? it, and yeah. I, I, you know, I, I dig that. I don't know. I mean, Jamie, you can't beat. I mean, you know, one of the things that makes you so great is you can articulate your voice into musical ideas very, very quickly via beatboxing, via looping, all that sort of thing. I mean, I guess the the the, the actual the the kind of the goal, the holy grail, would be if if you could articulate with your voice. To play these kind of things for that level of expressivity, and I, I wonder if that's not as far off as we think. It might, it might be, I suppose. There's going yeah, to be some latency. No, you're,
3: you're so right. I haven't even. I, I've, I, I, from time to time, I go down that road, revisit that kind of thing. Obviously, thing you know, machines like the Korg MS20 with its pitch tracking, and and now obviously yeah. in the modular world, you can do that pretty well, amplitude and pitch tracking. In CV, obviously, MIDI is not your friend when it comes to that because it's too, you know, it's too low fi I mean, and ultimately, you know, the Continuum, Fingerboard, these technologies that decided to use OSC or higher fidelity standards to kind of access, you know, depths and dimensions, we're kind of thinking on the right lines for futuristic controllers, even though these squidgy interfaces are slightly odd to me. But... um, (laughs) But Obviously, it just takes getting used to, but I, I think, mm. uh, yeah, wouldn't it be great if Spitfire specifically designed something mm-hmm. with Seaboard or like in mind where they could like access like um harmonics, mm. you know, different, you know, looking at the nature of the instrument and sort of taking it apart a little bit like a physical model might, but using also the sheer grunt of multi samples and so getting the best of both worlds as it were but uh, i mean that could be a nice using crossfading as opposed to switching for example all kinds of technology you could you could if you were not sh- shy of using gigabytes to achieve you know resolution on a single sound and you also were using really high resolution controllers with some kind of new school interface then we might be into you know, we might be able to make a lot more musicians redundant. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a thought.
2: Uh, I'm, well, not, I'm
3: coming up the cynical, uh, cynical guy. That's think all right. A, I mean, uh, do you I think like think that a idea. Way,
2: do you think there's a way to make a recording sound better than the thing itself? So if you were there in front of it and the thing making the sound, but you recorded it, put it through this incredible thing and then played it back at exactly the same volume and exactly the same sort of pan... That's the you thing heard Let's Dance, you think you
3: like, could... you know, like Bob Clear Mountain.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are meant to be real
3: drums, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, no, it's true. I mean, I think ultimately that's been the goal of recording... Sounds at least in the pop world for ages. I think in orchestral stuff, it's more this kind of honest picture thing, isn't it? And that no one wants to use close mics because they're ugly. Everyone wants to use the deckers but, or the, the, the this distance. So you you know realism. I'm just wondering is though bizarre. if you could make
2: it sound more realistic than the thing yeah, itself. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't agree
1: with that because I when I do the orchestra, I do because I specialize in doing orchestral stuff, and I never ever sit there to try and make it sound. I just all I ever do is make it sound good. I don't give a monkeys if it sounds yeah. realistic or artificial or whatever. All I'm bothered about, there are two types. It sounds crap, it sounds good. That's all I'm bothered <laughs> about. And so it's like people say about sample libraries. The amount of people that ask me, how can you use that sample library that's recorded in this hall with that sample library that's recorded in this hall? You should never use these libraries together. Who said I shouldn't use them together? It sound they sound great. I don't give a monkeys whether it sounds realistic or doesn't sound realistic. I just want it to sound good. And that's a, there's a it's great because there's a real movement coming through the whole TV and film genre now, which is basically following that. Because a few, a few years ago, everyone was everyone was trying to make things sound as realistic as possible, absolute wow. horse whatever. It needs yeah. now. It just needs to sound good. And so I use close, for example, like I said I use close miking yeah. on, on strings all the time, which actually a lot oh, of wow. the time takes away from the realism, but it actually. Yeah the presence
3: yeah. exactly released. Get a saying, bit more you know? of an Eleanor Rigby, almost like taking a more of a pop approach to strings. Exactly. So, interesting. Yeah, I that mean, that I wonder, impressive. I mean, it's
0: interesting in the way, I mean, because we've talked about this with with pop music, everything's become hyper real. Vocals become processed so that the pitching almost becomes an effect. So the imperfection is squeezed out and is replaced by other imperfections, which we can control via technical reasons or whatever. And, you know, the layering up 18 bass drums to get that one great sound so that we end up with these very minimal arrangements, but with massive monster sounds that occupy all the space. I can see that in orchestral stuff, you know, you get to the point where it's I'm not just using one Kodo drum library on this drum boom thing. I've got 17 of them, and it just sounds so amazing. You know what I mean? So you end up with this sort of – it does become hyper-real, but that's what makes it sound good and fresh, because we haven't heard it like that. It almost becomes a kind of caricature of itself.
1: Coming to that point, I don't know whether you've covered this yet. Have you covered the Spitfire um, Hands in the Strings yet? Have you you Uh, done yet? No, we
0: haven't. No, no. Well, we might have mentioned that they came out. I can't remember now.
1: It's a library that's worth thinking about. The only reason is is that do you know do you know what the concept of it is? Essentially, they they got um, three hundred and forty players, three hundred odd players, string players, to do the the whole Hans Zimmer thing. Basically, Hans kind of um, oversaw the project in terms of making sure it was done with the right engineers, his engineers, and making it sound fantastic. But essentially, they used like sixty sixty cellos. Um,
0: I got the same thing so I was maxing it out right it,
1: absolutely and then they split it down into sections of 20 all different players there's no processing going on these are all different players and they they made this uh, incredibly huge string library that doesn't does it sound like string library yes it sounds like strings does it sound like orchestral strings it sounds like cinematic strings but the main thing is compared to what you would talk about being a realistic string section it isn't that it sounds realistic. It's just an option. It's a different palette that kind of sounds real, but also has this kind of grandiose sound, which is just incredible. And it it sounds kind of so realistic. It's not realistic if that makes sense. I know that yeah. sounds.
0: I suppose, but it's the it's the It's sort of the same thing. It's like, do you want the car that only does 0 to sixty in uh, an hour, or do you want the one that does it in three seconds? if you if you know if you could afford it if it if it was available you'd go for the one that was betterer generally so i mean i think everybody would tend to gravitate towards that as the de facto sound unless you're going for a, you know a quartet or something which is tiny but then you know the quartet might evolve into something whereby it's a quartet but it's eight of them all together that sound a certain you know do you know what i mean it's not a section but it's a sort of a quartet
1: but that's that's the thing. That's that's the problem. Is that trying to convince people? Because what they see on you, uh, people growing up with you know kind of JV string libraries or or you know kind of a patch that says orchestral strings. <laughs> it's trying to convince people that one one violin sounds different to two violins. Two violins sounds different to four. Four sounds different to eight. Eight sounds different to sixteen. Sixteen sounds different to sixty. They all have a complete different sound. It isn't just the same sound multiplied they all have a completely different textural thing and it's only when you kind of study orchestral writing that you really get to know this it's the same with all all instruments that's why there are some libraries like 8do that have done their ensemble patches that are are basically multiples of guitars they have like 12 guitars playing or you know it's a different sound it doesn't Mm. just mean it's
3: a guitar but 12 times better (laughs) It keeps the different sound. I see what you're saying.
0: I see what you're saying.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the wall of sound sound. thing too, wasn't
0: it? The wall of sound. Yeah. The the wall of sound. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Exactly the same thing. Hmm. uh, I mean, you know, in pop world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's true. I mean, now we are spoiled for choice. I mean, once again, I mean, synth market is is saturated. And uh, I think in the presence of these incredible libraries, that Spitfire and others are making. It's, uh, it's a pretty incredible time for, for bringing that realism in. And I think what, what, what I like about that is a lot of people have the libraries. So in a way, now the excuse is not, I don't have the sounds. The only thing left is how good is your composition? Yeah. I don't have the talent. You? Yes. How because uh, I, yeah. I, I like the social network came along and did something completely different with scoring and and sonically changed the game. They weren't playing in a way going down the well-trodden path of like everything sounding like you know uh, epic, like go, 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 they kind of like were making forging their own path with synths and stuff and and I thought there's also an open ear in the cinematic world to people getting inventive and making their own bastardized forms so you could take a great sample library like you know Spitfire and then run it through a guitar amp and just like do some lo-fi shit with it and make a weird new mellotron for example run it all to cassette and like take time to make something unique. And I think a lot of people should take the stock sounds come out of the computer. My recommendation would do that and then somehow make it your own somehow. Like don't just kind of layer up a bunch of ensemble shit and go, I've got the big string sound because ultimately everyone's got that now. But yeah, what you, yeah. they don't have is some way of thinking outside of that and going, okay, I do have 60 cellos. What could I do with 60 cellos? that would totally blow my mind. And sort of thinking about the sheer power of that and putting your mind into it and making something that makes people go, holy shit, this is is truly incredible.
0: Get them drunk, then see what happens. Get them
3: drunk, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever.
0: Well, yeah. Guys, I think well, we are trying to get that? in there.
2: Oh, well, some kind of just been doing more saying, and more... Uh, taking um so I've kind of you know in the last few years I, I I've just stopped using VSTs almost completely and you know it's just I don't make sort of film music or anything so I don't but I've got more and more into using just like uh like hardware as almost like each piece of hardware like a plugin but it being an actual you know, physical thing. I don't I mention this because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to read about a certain uh, classical technique and then I'm trying to then apply that classical technique to the synthesizers. So not trying to make it, uh, you know, like um, go to a classical library, but actually go to the synthesizers and apply the... So, uh, like, as an example, I've been playing around with... Is it ch- Chepananin? Chepananin? Russian TCH Ch- Chepen- I can't. Chep Chepnam I can <laughs> not Chep Chepnam Chep oh he's a Russian uh, TCH anyway but his scale his scale is really really interesting scale to sort of play uh, around with it's just like a semitone tone semitone tone semitone tone it's like a 9 9 note scale but i think the point what i'm trying to say is this going this other way like like the opposite way rather than trying to make like realistic orchestral music taking some sort of orchestral techniques and applying them to sort of synths and sequences i think is for me is really interesting because once all of the devices are sort of uh, working within certain rules is that sounding like orchestral music even though the textures are just different synthesizers because of
3: I mean look at Raymond Scott, you know, back in the fifties. Some of that he was a magically trained arranger and then turned his mind to making music with synthesizers, it still sounded like really well-arranged music and which made it super compelling and, and and emotional. And like obviously the oscillators were all probably valve oscillators and they had a great tone inherently as well. But it was at the hands of a skilled composer. And I think much of all these online courses, teaching everyone a lot of stuff, I think the new online course that is severely missing is, like, learning about incredible arrangement history and how to kind of respect Mm. that and and learn and grow that because I don't think there's no shortage of sounds anymore and there's no shortage of, you know, things sounding big. I mean, I think we need to possibly get over this obsession with, like, everything being... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the idea that arrangement becomes the 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 most important that, aspect of making music at this point. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's. I
0: think of, that's a really a a really valuable point, and I think that's something you know, mm. I mean, well, we've talked about this before. You know, it's like uh, learning some kind of new musical theory technique so that you can apply it and that sort of thing. I mean, that's why I really like using uh, duophonic synths because the whole thing then becomes about mm. counterpoint because you've only got two notes and they kind of sound at the same time, but you can create some amazing atmosphere Mm. and inferred chordal work just by having two notes that are moving around. And, you know, I'm not musically skilled enough to kind of get the most out of it. I'm sure if you know, you 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 probably used to all that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, we could we could we could we could talk about this for ages. I don't know if anyone's got any more time. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of things I wanted to talk about, but I think we've probably run our course. Uh, uh, just a quickie. It's probably worth mentioning. Did you see uh, the uh, mixed face, uh, where, uh, uh, the Logic group, which was the new uh, where, uh, uh, you
3: lovely sledge and sledge version two? But you've got a new. He uh, I mean, a really nice is, guy. This guy. He's he's, he's and, one of the developers uh, behind and, um, it's, behind audio um, modeling as well. Lo- looks like. Uh,
1: um, and-
0: I won't play the whole thing. I know I say that all the time. Uh, essentially, a uh, mini controller, but it's also a zoning setup. So you can plug a USB device into it, a host computer. You can plug a USB host device, and it's also got a Bluetooth connection. So all of those individual devices. So if you had an 88-note keyboard plugged in a host mode, you could set up four individual splits on that because it will zone it all up and have... Different layers of controls for that, and also uh, um, run transport control. It's just a really clever and nifty idea. The only thing it was missing was uh, MIDI I/O, which seemed a bit of an oversight. But you know, some smart stuff. Studio Logic were on fire actually at their booth. That was one of the people that had like three things in the Numa Two X Compact. Um, Gaz, that I imagine that rem- might that might be something that was exciting for you. The the uh, Mixface that actually was quite a hot product, I think
2: yeah i mean i only had a brief look at it but then what was the what was the thing about it you can do um yeah. it basically just,
0: it, what it will basically do is allow you to take a midi input yeah. and then you can say okay yeah. from this octave to this octave is one layer which would go out to one of the other midi controls on this channel and then this channel and this four splits gotcha. each each yeah. zone or all, all layers and it, it, it basically becomes the brains of a master keyboard as well as a midi controller as well as a daw controller mm. all of those things and that's kind of mm. neat um Sorry, Jamie, you wanted uh, to come in as well there. Sorry.
3: Oh, uh, I Did just you... thought he was a really nice dude. It and is I like a the nice Bluetooth dude. aspect. Uh, uh, can you do the Bluetooth at the same time as USB? Yes. I mean, you can. Yeah. I mean, yes. so that's that's mm. cool. I mean, because it, for me, I've never really got into the iOS world, even though there's some really amazing stuff. I feel in a way like that's probably where my head would go next in a way. I don't know why. But like uh, having something to control all of that, that's, that's nice and convenient, that would be That'd be good. Mm. Very useful. Seems like it's good at that. Yeah. Very nice. And you can also also
1: set it up so you have different presets and so you can switch between what's addressing... Yeah, yeah, it's the, got
0: memories on board.
1: Or the Bluetooth. Ooh. I mean, this was made initially to go on because my main controller is a Studio Logic SL88 Grand, which for me is absolutely still the best controller out there, period. I mean, it's gorgeous. And this box was made. It's magnetic, so it basically just sits on. Uh, initially, oh, wow. sits on an, an eighty-eight, and it just sits there. And it's all made perfectly for that. But it can be used with anything. And um, when you've got an eighty-eight, an SL eighty-eight, it just expands all of the natural uh, splits and controls, hmm. obviously with more faders. Um, anyway, so for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. For me, it's a you know, of course, I'm g- going to get one. But yeah, um, uh, two
0: hundred <laughs> euros, bargain.
1: I mean, for what it Definitely. is,
0: nothing's a great price. Yeah, it's, the only yeah. thing that's slightly similar was the, uh, the the little thing I bought, which was the Separio, which was the little touchscreen MIDI router, which is about three hundred euros. It doesn't have any faders or anything, but that's really cool. And it just you could get up to eight zones, and it will just spit out MIDI uh, come uh, MIDI uh, program changes. So you call a preset. It I use it in my live rig, really handy. You press the button, it's like this song or this part of this song, changes the splits, changes the routings, changes the controller mappings, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Gaz, uh, it, it looks pretty neat, yeah, I've actually. Been...
2: Well, yeah, well, just on what you were just saying, then, it's something I've been doing with Electron Analog 4, it's got the multi-map mode on it, and that's something that's similar. Again, you can define, a... I can't remember how many you can have. You can have loads a region, however many notes that is. And within that region, you can either, there's a whole bunch of things you can do. Like you can set up a region to, to to switch patterns, set up another region. Well, the way I've been doing it on my MIDI bass is I can have it play a different patch on every single fret, but being in the right note. Uh, and it's, a, it's really bizarre. It's f- it the, the patch switching is so cool because any overhanging notes, will, any decays will carry on going. So you can make the most We need a video of that guys I'm working on it I want to see that It's amazing It's trying to work out And what it blew my mind is I can have a different arpeggiator pattern On every patch So essentially every single note Can have a different associated arpeggiator And I find it really interesting Because if you hold the note The arpeggiator will run But if you just play the front of it And then release You just get the note so you can make you can make it a combination of notes that you're playing, and then held notes which go into their arpeggiated pattern. Have you got wow. a name for this? Thing? Can...
3: Have you got a name for this? I think you've made a new instrument there. <laughs> I'm building this MIDI rig at
2: the moment. It's blowing my mind. Honestly, the stuff is bonkers. I make a speech thing at the moment, which is just, oh, it's bonkers. I've got a different famous speech on each string of the bass and then split them up into words. And I can have different conversations between the different strings of different speeches. I'm trying to make really nasty clashes of, of speeches as well, just in terms of the what the speeches are, are about. Um, and then you, you, and then with the expression pedal, you can pick different slice it, different parts of the speech. You can move, like, where the... Wildlife, where, so, the wave where slicing. Yeah. Man,
3: we need to get on that. <laughs> it's, like, the
2: it's crazy, but I don't know what... If, Maybe if, next time you, you do I'm the... Making...
3: You should just hold right. your bass and not talk next time. You just use pure <laughs> bass that. to talk. Just feel like <laughs> Stephen okay. Hawking, like funk <laughs> <Yeah>. version. <laughs> just, just, lay it all. It all Stephen Hawking speeches.
0: That and is an, an awesome concept. That's awesome. amazing.
3: All right, what R. a great R. idea. Yeah. Okay, fellas, is, I think we're
0: probably we're probably at the point where we need to uh, wrap things up. But I really appreciate it. we could go on for hours, and it's always a pleasure having mm. a, such a collection of interesting individuals to to share this time with us. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much for joining us uh, from Nashville. Always a pleasure to have you on. Let's yes, fail. don't forget. I
3: don't know how much yet. Very okay. reasonable.
0: Very reasonable. Well, yeah. <laughs>
3: Access no, I've Valkyrie.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jamie. Thank you very much. Uh, are you back in? Uh, so up. you're back in uh, uh, Nashville, land. Are you kind of got any projects yes. on the go that you need to plug? Obviously, um, the podcast. Yeah,
3: obviously, we're the podcast. Hanging out with audiophiles, and uh, I've got some major guests. I'm talking like as large as it gets. Nice. So, uh, stay, wow. stay, stay tuned for that.
0: Excellent. That no you right. can uh, fi- other
3: than that, Yeah, just, I've got my OBXAs coming back today out of repair. And it's Ooh. fully functioning. So I'm probably going to be lost in a world of, like, uh, you know, nostalgia for at least a day. <laughs> and I, I'm also getting a Marshall Electronics time modulator 5002.
0: Oh, is that the, 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 the Hendrix one?
3: I don't know. No, I don't. I think it was a Stevie, Stevie Wonderbox. Ah, something okay. Something like of life, kind of a more the ADT effect you hear on some of his vocals, you know, that crazy flange effect.
0: Ah, well, I'm that sounds like you're going to have out, a lot of fun. Stevie
3: doing that? Yeah, it's extremely nice. Extremely expensive, and I hope it's as good as I hope it's going to be. Cause it's going to change gonna your life. life <laughs> it probably uh, will because I use the Lexicon Prime Time like on a daily basis. I think it's probably one of the, my favourite boxes of all time. So this will be right hmm. next to it. Those Excellent. are my kind of boxes. Like Gaz, that's my world. Nice. <laughs> well, keep up with and the podcast at,
0: at jamieliddellmusic.com. Yeah, Do check Woo! that out. Thanks very much, Jamie. Pleasure having you. Uh, also, Mr. Ty, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I hope your your workload has decreased a little anyway. So that <laughs> <you don't... laughs> You're
1: joking. I'm joking. Oh. I'm, I'm waiting for a whole load of stuff to arrive as well.
0: Ah, uh, so, okay. Um, well,
1: yeah. what, are you, what are you getting, Ty? Uh, on the got? way, I've got my Quantum that's hopefully arriving really soon. I've got Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Re- what Reissue, which I had to buy one because before they went under. It's got Mini Mood Reissue. I've got Eventide H9000, waiting for that. Damn, um, going large. I've just bought Poly n which is amazing.
2: Yay! Amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. One. I love that thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. It. Um, and what else have I got arriving
3: uh, some other stuff and I can't even think what it is now but
0: I've got other stuff yeah wow so I'm good waiting. for you. Wow. Quantum? the Waldorf, that quantum that's the Waldorf Waldorf quantum oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right which uh, we did get a yeah. slightly better demo they've got they're starting to fill it up with actual patches and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. so hopefully looking forward to we'll probably get some more of that at Superbooth uh, obviously
2: Superbooth coming uh, up we'll get a bit of that going on as well anyway, Alexander Ch- Alexander Trepnin, T-C-H-E-R-E-P-N-I-N, ah, trepnin. Okay. Trepnin, trepnin, scale Trepnin scale, semitone basketball. tone, semitone tone, semitone tone, like, like you do a whole tone scale, but like semitone tone, semitone tone, semitone tone, just get loads of things just working in Trepnin scale and have a bass going down slow. I tell you, I love it, man. Amazing.
3: You know what you can do? Put Keyscape into all all kinds of uh, different temperaments and tunings. That's an amazing way of using Keyscape. Run a MIDI file through Keyscape, doing a, a Celeste, and then just change it to microtonal, and you're in a world of joy. I did that in one of my podcast episodes. It's really, it's really good stuff. Ah, cool. Uh, yes, one. yes, gents. Awesome. Right. Thanks for thank having Thank you very me. much. <laughs> <laughs> and we're yeah. off
0: again. And Ty and Wynn, thank you very much for joining it. us too. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Gaz it's, it's as well. Still thank still want
3: any topics next <laughs> year. Yeah,
0: well, there weren't really any this time, to be fair. Uh, thank you very much, Gaz, as well. And, uh, we'll my pleasure. We'll all see you uh, again at the next show. Thank you very much. Uh, there will be a show next week, but the week after will be in Berlin, so there won't be. Ooh. See you next time. Thank you very That's much for my watching. That's where studio was. Oh, lovely. Oh, nice. See ya. Bye.